Hey guys, Ashley with Amari. So a few resources for you guys. We are located in Elizabeth and Highland Park, New Jersey, and I also offer virtual consults. So if you guys need my help, give the office a call, 732-841-0142, and our scheduling coordinator can help you get set up with an appointment. We also have our online shop. So all the products that I talk about in my videos, those are all in our online shop for you guys to purchase. On our Instagram, Amari Healing Arts is our Instagram, all the products are linked right there in our bio. Also, the online shop is linked, and it's linked in the description box for each video. So you guys can go and check those out. And then we have our online course school, the Post-Op Academy. So all of the things that you would need to know post-op, we are doing online courses for. So things like what kind of massages you need, when you need to get them, who to get them from, how to find a therapist like me, all of that we have online courses for. There are going to be more courses coming out all the time. So check in on that to see what's new and what you guys can learn. If you like my videos, all of those courses are exclusive content. All those videos are exclusive content. None of them are on YouTube. They're all in our courses. So that is amarihealingarts.teachable.com. The link for that is also in the description box, and it is also linked in our bio on Instagram. So I hope you guys enjoy the content. Ashley with Amare. I will see you soon. Bye. Hey, guys. It's Ashley with Amare. Hello. So today we are going to be talking about how to heal after fat transfer to the breasts. So here's the thing. Um, fat transfer the breasts. I have a video that I think it's called fat transfer versus implants to the breasts. Um, but I want to explain fat transfer to the breasts specifically. So it's similar to a BBL. If you guys know what a BBL is, it's a Brazilian butt lift. I have tons of videos on that too. Um, it's where they liposuction fat out from one part of your body and put it into another. So fat transfer can be done to the face, to the breasts, to the glutes, to wherever. It can be done pretty much anywhere, um, but the most common places, it's uh, breasts, cheeks, I've seen a lot of cheeks, face, under eyes, um, and BBL, so like butt area, um, and they take the fat out with liposuction. So you are essentially, if you're having fat transfer to the breasts, you're having two procedures. You're having the liposuction, and then you're having the fat transfer procedure itself. So it's not just one thing. It's not like, oh, we're just going to do fat transfer to the breasts. We're doing two different procedures at the same time. So this would be in replacement of implants. So it's a breast augmentation. For those of you guys that don't know, breast augmentation is an umbrella term. It is not just like one thing. Breast augmentation can be lift, can be reduction, can be implants, can be fat transfer. It just means we're augmenting, we're changing the breasts. So it is a breast augmentation procedure um, and it's done with fat transfer. So they are transferring the fat from one area of your body to your breasts. I have an article from theclevelandclinic.org, um, fat transfer breast augmentation. And the main point of this article, I wanna go over the actual procedure details. So we're gonna explain what the procedure is and then we're gonna go over how to heal from it. If you're finding this video, pretty sure you already know what the procedure is. Um, you're looking for the how to heal from it part, but we gotta go over this first so that we can get to the healing part. So um, who performs fat transfer breast augmentations? Cosmetic surgeons perform fat transfer breast augmentations. So plastic surgeons always a plastic surgeon. I have heard some stories of you guys going to places that do like med spas that do like lunchtime lipo, they call it, where they do still perform 
actual liposuction um, and we'll take the fat out and then put it in your breasts and then wind up with necrosis or all kinds of craziness because they are not an actual plastic surgery practice. So please, if you are going to get fat transfer to the breasts done, make sure you're going to an actual plastic surgeon's office. I know that Sonabello does uh, breast fat transfers. So does Elite, I believe. Um, they are both like two of the bigger names in plastic surgery as far as like franchises so those two places would be fine or anywhere else that does plastic surgery so what happens during fat transfer breast augmentation a fat transfer breast augmentation is an outpatient procedure you go home the same day you receive general anesthesia to help you sleep through the surgery sometimes sometimes it is done under local where you're not completely knocked out it depends on where you're going and your body and the procedure, like how, how extensive we're doing this. During the procedure, your provider uses liposuction to harvest fat deposits from several areas of your body. So your abdomen, your sides, your back, your thighs, your arms, wherever we can take it from, runs the fat cells through a centrifuge device to remove any impurities. So it's like um, if you've ever watched BBL video, like BBL video surgery things, there's this big tank and they purify the fat in there and then take out all the actual viable healthy fat and then inject it into your breasts. So um, plastic surgeon uses a specialized syringe to inject the purified fat cells into different tissue layers inside of your breasts. So important thing to note here, when you guys think about this, because I've had clients ask me this, they're like, oh, so they just like inject it in there, right? When you watch a BBL video, they're using a cannula to inject the fat. It's not the same thing with the breasts. They're using a special syringe, first of all. Second of all, it's different layers. So your breasts are not just one sack of tissue. We have muscle, we have chest wall, we have bone, we have tissue, we have glands, we have lymphatic glands and vessels and nodes around this area so they're doing it into different tissue layers now an easy way to like kind of simplify this when we're talking about breast implants we have over the muscle or under the muscle that's different fat transfer stays in this region of breast tissue so we're just filling what's already there we're not going underneath anything or inside or all over the place we're just filling the space that's already here um, so that's the different layers. How long does it last? The results from a fat transfer breast augmentation are lifelong. It can take up to six months to see final results. During this time, the fat cells settle into their new place where they remain for life because some cells die after injection. Providers inject more fat cells than needed during transfer. Most people who undergo breast fat transfer augmentation are satisfied with the results, yada, yada, yada. Um, there was, okay, a recovery section here. All right, so this recovery section, right? As you know, with me and my videos, I'm gonna read it and then I'm gonna tell you all the things that are not right. Um, every surgeon is different. Before I read this to you, every surgeon is different. So some surgeons don't want you wearing anything as far as compression up here. Some of them want you in a sports bra. Some of them want you in a compression bra. Some of them want you in a wrap. It depends on your surgeon. So this is something that you have to speak to them about. As far as, because, I mean, you guys know me. If you've been watching my videos for a while, if you haven't, you've stumbled across this. I am a plastic surgery recovery specialist, manual lymphatic drainage specialist, swelling specialist, lymphedema therapist, all, all the things. All the things that have to do with swelling and recovery in plastic surgery. Um, certified compression garment fitter, all these things. So when we're talking about compression over fat transfer, let's take a break in the article reading real quick. When we're talking about compression over fat transfer, we never want to squeeze or over compress, right? But we do want to hold. 
So there's a difference with, let's say, a BBL where your fat transfer is going into your butt, right? You're not sitting on it because we don't want any pressure. We don't want to compress it. We don't want any of that to die. So you use a BBL pillow. You want a garment that is going to cover your glutes and hold that tissue so the fat transfer can stay there and heal properly. There's a reason it's called liquid gold because for the first one to two weeks, it's liquid. It's pure liquid. And we want it to settle in there like liquid gold. So when it comes to the breasts, we don't want anything that's going to squeeze them or squish them or misshape them, but we do want something to kind of hold a little bit, which is where the sports bra concept comes into play because it's just a piece of fabric that's holding your chest. Um, again, but some surgeons don't want you wearing anything at all. Depends on how much fat transfer we have in there. So when it comes to compression and fat transfer, that is something you need to speak with your surgeon directly because I've had both. I've had where clients come in and they don't want any compression up here I've had where clients come in and they have that compression garment with the snaps down the front or just a sports bra depending on what their surgeon says and what's going on up there so that is something that you need to speak to your surgeon specifically about is what kind of compression they want you in so it says healthcare providers will wrap an elastic bandage around your chest and fit you with a surgical bra these binding helps the help these bindings help the fat deposits settle into place. You should plan to take a week off from work and other physical activities. You may have pain, bruising, swelling, and discomfort in your breasts and liposuctioned areas for up to three weeks. Swelling may persist for up to six months. That's not true. Swelling does not need to persist for up to six months um, or longer. That is not true. We, we, we know that. We can get rid of that. Um, and if swelling is persisting up to six months, we're having, we need some help. We need some manual lymphatic drainage. We're not healing properly. It shouldn't take that long. Um six to eight weeks yes so let's talk about healing a little bit i just want to make sure there's nothing else in this article nope that's it gotta love the cleveland clinic they make things so simple okay so these bindings help fat deposits settle into place let's talk about that remember i was just talking about how with a bbl we want you in a compression garment we want you in something that's going to hold your booty so that all the fat settles into place. You want the same thing here. You want something that's gonna hold so that everything heals and settles properly, but not something that's gonna squeeze or constrict or smush or anything like that. So let's talk, let's talk recovery. All right, so six to eight weeks for any fat transfer, anywhere, six to eight weeks. So what does that mean? I know it says here that you can go back to work after a week and this is something that you guys, like your surgeons will say, oh yeah, you'll be fine in two weeks, you can go back to work. Guys, that does not mean you will not be sore. That does not mean you will not have swelling. That does not mean you will not have bruising or pain or still need to be wearing your garment. Like just because you can go back to work if you have a desk job does not mean that you are healed, does not mean that you are ready to be out of your garment especially with a fat transfer to the breasts, we want to make sure we're in that garment for that six to eight weeks. Now, if we're having swelling, if we're having uh, fibrosis, so like hardness or stiffness, which we're going to talk about in a second, the difference between necrosis and fibrosis. Um, if we're having any of that, we're going to want to be in the garment for longer, right? Because again, if you break your arm and you have a cast, and you go in for your six-week checkup and your arm is still broken, they're putting the cast back on. They're not going to just be like, oh, well, it's been six weeks, take the cast off, your arm's still broken, but okay, no. Garments are meant to hold your tissue so that it heals properly. So we want to keep that garment on 24-7. None of this whole, oh, it's been four weeks, I can wear my garment 12 hours. 
no unless your surgeon is telling you he does not or she does not want you in a garment at all for your fat transfer if you have that garment you are using it for six to eight weeks um the other thing you had liposuction guys the liposuction is 10 times more important than the fat transfer the fat transfer just is just gonna be there it's gonna heal it's gonna do its thing for six to eight weeks we're not touching it we're not moving it we're not manipulating it we're not doing anything with it we need those fat cells to settle i have on my instagram reels it's it's pretty far back if you guys can go find it um there's a surgeon explaining the six to eight weeks, like week one to week eight of a fat transfer. So we put the fat in and then around week one and two, little blood capillary connections start forming and attach to the fat cells and start supplying with, with supplying it with blood and oxygen and nutrients. And then weeks, that happens up until week two. So then week like two to four, it's no longer liquid gold. It's established connections of blood capillaries that are getting nutrients, but they're still swelling because swelling is protein, white blood cells and fats, lymphatic fluid that is surrounding that fat cell area to help it heal and help it grow into an actual stable fat cell. And then weeks four to six is where the swelling starts to come down that's when you guys talk about the fluff fairy which you guys know i hate these stupid generic plastic surgery terms they drive me freaking nuts because we have medical terms for these things it is not some weird witchcraft it is science so weeks four to six is when the swelling starts to come down and that heaviness and that hardness that you're feeling that stiffness starts to subside because all the swelling is being picked back up by the lymphatic system the lymphatic system is absorbing it and you're peeing out that swelling because your body no longer needs it to heal so that's weeks like four to six when it's pretty much stable. That's why like week six to eight, it's in there, it's stable, it's permanent. There's no more heaviness, no more soreness, nothing like that. So that's that whole like one to eight week mark, right? So when it comes to compression, the reason I'm explaining this, when it comes to compression, compression is meant to hold your tissue while it's healing. It's not meant to squeeze you. It's not meant to get rid of swelling or move swelling or any of that stuff. Compression is your cast. That's all it is. So some surgeons, if you only had a little fat transfer, they don't want to jeopardize the little bit that you have by putting you in compression that could possibly constrict and kill the fat. But if you've had like a decent amount and they're comfortable with it, they'll put you in something that's compression. Because again, the the fat that's in there, we want it to survive and we want those blood capillary connections to be made. If we're squeezing that, it's not going to happen. So there's that part of it. Now, back to my liposuction point. Guys, you are having like... The fat transfer is one tiny area on your chest. When you're getting a breast augmentation fat transfer done, yes, there is a volume component to it. I know um, Sonabello has their up a cup is what they call it procedure where you'll go up one cup size with fat transfer. Um, so you will get some volume, but it's mostly gonna be for like shaping the cleavage part and the sides here and sometimes underneath um, and a little bit of volume and projection. But if you're looking to change the entire shape of your chest, you're gonna wanna do implants. And I have that whole video on fat transfer versus implants for you guys to see which is which. But if we're settled on doing fat transfer, because it is your fat, it is more you know natural for your body, and you can do that because you have enough fat to take, and you're looking to just kind of bring back some mass, not totally change the shape of what's going on here, 
that is something. And I talk about like the skin laxity, um, if you're a candidate for fat transfer, if your skin is too laxed or if you're, um, if you need implants, things like that, that's in that video as well. But this is, we know we're getting fat transfer done. So what's going on? Two things we need to worry about with healing after fat transfer to the breasts, the liposuction first and foremost, then the fat transfer. You've got six to eight weeks where your fat transfer is just going to sit in there, make its own connections, percolate. You don't want to touch it. You want it to become perfect and normal, and that's the end of it. This we're doing nothing with, this fat transfer. We're just leaving it. It's going to chill. It's going to cook in there. It's going to become permanent, and that's it. Your liposuction is the most important part of your fat transfer to the breasts the end we can end the statement in the video right there i have so many videos on liposuction but i have seen way too many times where you guys will go and get fat transfer to the breasts and worry about necrosis and worry about the fat staying and worry about like not rolling over or not sleeping on your chest we're going to talk about that in a second too um but all of that stuff and you completely neglect your lipo area and you wind up with fibrosis, which are the lumps and bumps, the hardness, the irregularities, all of that in an area that you had liposuction done when what you really wanted was just the boobs to look better and you had to take the fat from somewhere and you didn't really take care of it very well and now we're having problems. So the liposuction area is the number one thing to, to pay attention to with fat transfer to the breasts, like number one, first and foremost, because that is... If we have fibrosis, right, which is that hard, thick, lumpy, bumpy, painful sore, I have seen so many times where your breasts will heal perfect at that eight weeks, but you're still stuck in a garment for your liposuction. Because remember, we're having two surgeries, so we're going to need our chest compression with or without whatever that may be. And then let's say we're having lipo to the abdomen, upper and lower, the flanks and the back and the thighs. Even if it's a little bit off of all of those areas, you still have to be in a, an actual like compression garment, like full body compression garment. So with that being said, you guys will heal perfectly up top and then it's eight weeks and you're like, oh, I can be done with my compression now and you're still swollen and you're hard and you're fibrotic and your skin hasn't healed yet and your incisions look crazy and your scars from your liposuction aren't healing too great and all of these things because we did not pay attention to the liposuction area. So I want you guys to really, really pay attention to that, like more than the fat transfer to the breasts because fat transfer to the breast is easy. Compression or no compression, super easy. Um, but the liposuction area, that's what we need to work on. So let's talk about your aftercare plan for your procedure. So no matter where we're taking the liposuction from, you need manual lymphatic drainage starting as early as 48 hours after for those liposuction areas. So with the fat transfer to the breasts, no one is touching your fat transfer ever, 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 ever until it is healed at six to eight weeks. That is it. We are not touching anything there. Now, I will tell you this, we have lymph nodes in the armpits here. We have lymph nodes on the side of the rib cage. We have lymph nodes up here across the chest, across the collarbone. That's fine. Your therapist can work in those areas to stimulate those lymph nodes. It's actually gonna help with the fat transfer area, but we're not touching any of this and we don't need to because the lymph nodes that are across your chest, that are in your rib cage, that are in your armpit, all help drain the breast tissue. So we can actually get all that swelling down without disturbing the fat transfer if you have a therapist who knows what they're doing. 
You also need to make sure that you are not on your stomach at all. You don't always have to be inclined, but like laying flat can be okay, depending on what your surgeon recommends. Um, But you do not lay on your chest or on your sides at all with fat transfer to the breasts. Because again, we don't want any pressure on that area. We want all the fat to settle and heal properly. So you can start your manual lymphatic drainage massage. I do it in every video. This gentle pumping motion. That's it. It's a gentle skin stretching pumping motion. All I'm doing is laying my hand. Do it this way so you guys can see. Laying my hand on my face and moving my hand in a systematic way of the mapping, the lymphatic mapping, as well as following, you know, all the paths of the fluid and stuff, um, which I talk about on all my videos, but making sure that you are getting someone who's doing actual manual lymphatic drainage for your liposuction area, not rubbing, not oil, not machines, not all the craziness, but actual hands only, gentle, no oil, no rubbing, manual lymphatic drainage massage. Um, that you're going to start 48 hours after for your liposuction areas. So let's say it's 360 around your waist. That's what we're going to be working on. We're not going to be touching the fat transfer ever, 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 ever. The only reason we would touch the fat transfer is if we have fibrosis and that would be at your eight week mark. And that would be probably not even the fat transfer itself, but we're going to get to that in a second. I promise we'll get to the necrosis, fibrosis, fat transfer complication part. So the liposuction area, you need a proper garment. I know a lot of people don't take it seriously with the liposuction because they're like, oh, it was only minimal lipo. I don't need a garment. No, you do. You need a proper compression garment. Your compression garment should not squeeze the ever-living daylights out of you. And it should not just be like a spanksy, stretchy, feels like sports workout wear or Spanx body shaper type situation. You need an actual medical grade compression garment. That's number one. Um, I have tons of videos on compression garments as well if you guys need help, you know, and information on that. Number two, you need to make sure that you are not overdoing it because, okay, so although we may not feel because we're not getting like tons of lipo done, we may not feel super sore, you guys with the fat transfer to the breast because you're like, oh, it's just my boobs. And oh, I just got this little area on my stomach done. You guys will go lifting heavy boxes, go back to work too soon, go back to doing things too soon. I always say, take the first two weeks off, please. Like if you're getting fat transfer to the breast, take the first two weeks off. Let's say you take extra time off and you go back early. That's a great situation. The last thing you want is to underestimate how much healing you're going to be doing. In those first two weeks, this is liquid. We want to protect the liquid. It's a bag of liquid. So we don't want to be hunched over a desk all day. We don't want to be lifting or standing on our feet all day. For my nurses out there and my teachers and my, you know, sales associates and and all of you guys, we don't want to be on our feet all day. You want to make sure that this is settling properly. So take the first two weeks off. That's that's my thing. Um, Starting your MLD massages 48 hours after for your liposuction area. And then making sure you have a proper garment um, and supplies. So here's the other thing. Because you're, it's your chest, right? And you're not moving around a lot. Like with regular liposuction, just lipo 360, 
you're in there, you're in the garment, it's comfortable, you can get up and move. You can go to the bathroom easy. You can, you know, get up, walk around, do all these things. You're going to feel like you have an elephant on your chest or like two bricks strapped to your chest. It's going to be a lot for those first two weeks and it's going to hurt and it's going to feel sore. So we're not going to be up and moving as much. So making sure that we are comfortable at home. So we're laying on our back. We're not laying on our side. We're not laying on our stomach. We're not crawling into bed. We're not reaching in the counter and in, in the cabinets for cups and things or trying to cook or anything like that. You know, your standard post-op protocol um, of movement and things like that. Supplies for your liposuction and for your breasts. So when we talk about incisions, right, it's the lipo holes that we're going to have, the little pinholes. And then up here... A lot of times, so fat transfer to the breast can be done separately without like a, a breast lift or anything, or it can be done in conjunction with skin removal to lift and then fat transfer. Um, either way, if it's just the fat transfer, you'll just have same thing like little lipo holes, little injection things, and that's it, injection sites, or you'll have your actual incision around where they took the skin from for the lift. Either way... You're going to need the post-op soap because dialed oven HipaCleanse will rip the crap up out of your skin, um, especially after something like a breast augmentation fat transfer. You don't need to be using antibacterial soap every day for four weeks straight. The antibacterial soap is meant to be used while you still have open wounds or wounds that are weeping. Once your scabs have formed and your incisions are closed, unless your surgeon says otherwise, you don't need to be using the antibacterial soap anymore. You need to switch to a gentle cleanser, like made for post-op. Ours has aloe and arnica in it, which would help a lot up here, the arnica um, that's in the soap. So you need the soap, you need the wound care, and you need the post-op cream. Now, you can, with fat transfer to the breast, even with a BBL, you're going to get that same post-op itch that uh that healing itch that bbl people get and that like softening and fluffing that bbl people get it's still a fat transfer it's going to work the same way you're going to get feeling and sensation back it's going to get itchy it's going to get tingly that's where the post-op cream comes into play that's where the echinacea the calendula the black pepper seed oil that's where those come into play you guys stress so much about arnica like so much yet you do zero research on why arnica is even helpful yes it helps with bruising sure but that's not what stops the post-op itch it's all the other herbs that are anti-inflammatory that help with the post-op itch and help with the swelling, especially for fat transfer to the breast. Because again, we're not working this tissue directly and we want to make sure we don't have any fibrosis building up. Fibrosis, just good segue here, fibrosis is when you get those lumps and bumps, those hard little masses, um, even in your liposuction area where your skin starts to get really thick and firm and hard, or like in the breast area where you get those little lumps and things like that after a fat transfer. There's two things. It could be fibrosis or necrosis. Necrosis is where the fat dies in there. That's a separate thing that you need to speak to your surgeon about. What I'm talking about today is fibrosis, which is the firmness, the thickness of your tissue, the heaviness, the hardness, where you're the whole breast fat transfer area is like glued to your chest in place. That's fibrosis. Um, where you have like, like the whole tissue itself feels like not just like a little thing, but like there's a whole big chunk that's just hard. That's fibrosis. So fibrosis is when your swelling gets congealed and thickened and stuck and starts building up those proteins that live in your swelling. Those fi fibro fibrinogens, sorry guys, fibrinogens, myofibrins, um, fibroblasts, all the things that make new tissue, which is what we're trying to do, right? Fat cells. 
all that stuff builds up and thickens and congeals and becomes hard. It's just your swelling that's becoming hard. That's all it is. Now, usually we would use the lipofoams, which I'm going to get to in a second and explain. Usually we'd use the lipofoams in a liposuction area, which you will be getting two packs of lipofoams for your lipo area for a breast augmentation surgery of fat transfer. Um, you'd put your lipofoams in your garment and that would help turn all of that fibrotic hard tissue back to watery swelling for you to pee out during your manual lymphatic drainage massages. Here's the problem. We can't do that with fat transfer. It's got to stay the way that it is. So usually around week six or week eight, if you still have any swelling or any fibrosis in there, that's when we start getting you into the garment. That's when we start dealing with the foams. That is something you need to speak with me directly about. That is not something you can just go and do. Again, we are not putting foam on fat transfer. The end. Period. End statement. You are not using lipofoams on fat transfer. Ever. Anywhere. Unless you are working with me directly and your fat transfer is healed and we're dealing with fibrosis. That is the only time and that is under my supervision. You are not putting foam on your fat transfer. You need the wound care. You need the post-op soap. You need the post-op cream with the echinacea and the calendula and all the anti-inflammatory herbs. One, that's going to help with circulation to make sure that we don't have necrosis, which is tissue death, which is where that blood capillary thing that I talked about connecting to the tissue cells, that doesn't happen properly. They don't get adequate blood supply and the cells die inside of you. So all of the herbs in that cream is going to help with blood supply so that you can get your feeling back, so that the itching stops, so that the numbness stops, and so that we can help prevent necrosis by getting circulation to that area. Now, if you watch the video for that cream, we are not rubbing. There is no pressure used on the fat transfer. The end. No pressure on the fat transfer. So when you go to apply the cream, you're literally just... That's it. Do you see the space between my fingers? That's it. We're not, we're just gently rubbing it on. That's it. We are not this, we're not doing this. You shouldn't see tissue moving or skin moving. You're literally just applying a layer and that's it. You're not excessively rubbing or anything like that. Just a layer, get it on there, leave it alone. The wound care, you are using instead of your Neosporin, Bacitrace, and Vaseline. It helps dissolve stitches. It helps make sure that you don't scar. That's the most important. Um, your soap, you're using in the shower. That's easy. Your foams, you are having liposuction. You need two packs. So if we are doing a localized area of liposuction, like just the front of the stomach, just the front, that's it. You want two packs because you're going to need three foams and a set to wash and a set to wear. So three foams in the front, one here, two here on the sides, and that's one set. You need another set to wash. Your foams are machine washable, cold water only, delicate cycle with the detergent, the medical grade detergent meant for washing your foams. You need a set to wash and a set to wear. So you need two packs of foams. If you have had Lipo 360, you are still going to need two packs of foams because you're going to have the two in the front, the two on the sides, and the two in the back, just like I show you in the video for the foams. You may also want to get a set to wash or set to wear. So you may want to get four packs of foams um, so that you can swap them out because they do take a while to dry and you want to be in them 24-7 with your garment. So that's your foams and your, I call it the Amari trifecta, the wound care the post-op cream, 
the soap, all your body care things. And then drinking your water. You guys know that you need three to four liters of water a day. You know that you're going to start your MLD massages 48 hours after for your liposuction area. How frequently you go is up to you. Um, but this is all stuff I teach you guys in the course. Like if you have specific questions, okay, like how do I do this? Like what's the protocol? How do I, how do, I do this? That's going to be the course. So the other thing you're going to want to get, because this is just overall healing with liposuction, right? Like any, uh, any surgery, not even just liposuction. If you are going to get fat transfer breast augmentation, you're going to have liposuction. You're going to need to get the online course because you need to know how swelling works, to know how fibrosis happens, to know how to avoid fibrosis in the breast area as well as the liposuction area. Um, in the course, I teach you things that you are doing post-op or things that people tell you to do post-op that cause complications and don't do them and then the things that you should be doing instead. Um, in there, I also teach you how to find a certified manual lymphatic drainage therapist. In there, I also teach you how the lymphatic system works, how swelling works, um, how to make sure you're not, I was going to say preventing, make sure you're not making more swelling with things that you're doing at home, but also how swelling leaves your body so that you guys can assist your body in getting rid of the swelling. Um, this map, you know I love whipping this thing out, guys. If you look at the chest on this map, do you see how many freaking little lymph capillaries you guys got there? Look at that. That whole thing is nothing but lymphatics. Literally, the entire thing is lit up green. All of it. Look at that. You have so many lymphatics in your chest. It is insane. So when we're doing fat transfer... We do want to make sure that at some point we are doing MLD to that area once the fat transfer has healed at six to eight weeks. So you do want to get a couple sessions of manual lymphatic drainage to get rid of any residual swelling in the area after the fat has fully healed and is in place, which is something you need to speak with your surgeon about because it's not always six to eight weeks. When they tell you, yep, your fat transfer is permanent, you're good to go, your six-week checkup, you're fine, you're good, you're done, then you go get your manual lymphatic drainage done for your chest. For up here, for in here, for in here, for under here, to drain the whole chest area to make sure we don't have any swelling left behind that can harden or make your fat transfer area really heavy, which you don't want. Fat's supposed to be light and fluffy after we get the fat transfer. It's not supposed to be really, really heavy like an implant. It's supposed to be lighter. Yes, you're going to have a little more mass, but it shouldn't be really heavy. If it is, we still have swelling. So, in the course, I will teach you how to find a therapist like me that knows what they're doing. And guys, please keep in mind, all you need <clears throat> need your therapist for is to do the massage. They don't need to have any knowledge of post-op. They probably will not have any knowledge of post-op or plastic surgery or breast augmentations or fat transfers. That's what I'm here for. What we need them to do is to do the hands-on technique in the sequence appropriately the way that we need them to do it so that we make sure we don't have any fibrosis because that swelling isn't sitting there and stagnating. So we need to make sure that we know what they're supposed to be doing with their hands, like what is actually supposed to be happening during these massages. I teach you that. I teach you the sequence that it should be done in. I teach you the lymphatic map. I teach you what the pressure should be like. And I, this is the other reason I say this. I teach you when you should start, when you should stop, and how frequently you should go. It is not as simple as, oh yeah, go four times a week for four weeks, and then twice a week for two weeks, and then once a week for one week. It's not that. 
at all, especially when you're talking about fat transfer, right? Because we, once we hit the six-week mark or the eight-week mark and we're healed, now we're working up here. So now we're going for this rather than the lipo area, as long as the lipo area doesn't have any swelling or fibrosis left. Maybe we're doing both now in our sessions. It depends. So I teach you in the course how to know when you're done with your MLD massages what they're supposed to be like, what's supposed to happen during the session, what the credentials are that the therapist is supposed to have, what knowledge the therapist is supposed to know to know that they're actually licensed and certified correctly. Um, But more importantly, I teach you how to guide your therapist because it's your body. It's your surgery. You're responsible for this body and this surgery as far as like the fat transfer. So now you know, obviously, no touching the fat transfer, but what areas can they work? right? If we're working the system and we have to work in such a way that is to the sequence, what areas are they allowed to work? Where should they work? Where should I tell them to avoid? You guys need to advocate for yourselves. I teach you how to find a good therapist with good hands and good technique. And then I teach you how to guide them and tell them what to do because you guys will call places and they're like, yeah, we work with liposuctions and BBLs. And you're like, oh, but they don't work with breasts. So I'm not going there. Guys, This stuff is not taught in school. I've taken, currently as of today's date, I've taken every single advanced cosmetic surgery certification for manual lymphatic drainage that is offered in the United States. All the credentials are on my website. Acoles offers ones, I took theirs, their face and their body. Norton offers one, I took that one, the face and the body. I, none of this stuff, like even... Yes, some of these concepts are taught in those courses, but to the depth that I'm teaching it to you, to the depth that I lay it out in my online course, they're not teaching this stuff. I get my information from the plastic surgery textbook and then read it to you guys, translate it into normal person speak and tell you what to do. So your massage therapist is not going to have this kind of knowledge. They're not going to have this in-depth amount of knowledge. So you need to be able to guide them. You need to be able to tell them what you need, tell them where is safe to work and where is not safe to work. And that's what I teach you in the course is these are the areas your therapist is going to be working. This is how it should go. And these are the lymph nodes that we're working on. And now because of this video, you know that they're not supposed to be touching the fat transfer. We want them to work the lipo area first. Once the fat transfer is healed, then they can work on the chest and draining the chest wall and any swelling that's left over to make sure it doesn't turn into fibrosis. Fibrosis can turn into permanent scar tissue if left untreated. So that's that whole thing. Um, but getting the course so that you understand why you have swelling, how to get rid of the swelling, why your body needs the swelling, how to not make the swelling worse by the things that you're doing that you see on the interwebs, um, how to make sure that you're finding a therapist that is properly certified in MLD, and then how to guide that therapist to have them do what you need for your recovery. Because your recovery is your responsibility, as I say all the time. So, and again, with the breast thing, we're not touching it until eight, I say eight weeks. A lot of people say four weeks, six weeks. I say eight weeks. I play it on the safe side. Up until that two-month mark, you're not getting anything done to your chest at all. Your chest is staying the way that it is with whatever compression your surgeon has set up. You are just applying the cream, using the soap, putting the wound care on your little incision sites, and leaving it alone. Do not touch it. Leave it alone. What you need to be focusing your efforts on is the liposuction area, which is why you need the course, which is why you need the foams, which is why you need the products, which is why you need your MLD therapist. That's your project, is the liposuction, not so much the fat transfer to the breasts, Um, because that we want to leave alone to let it heal on its own. 
Um, as far as garments for that, like I said, speak to your surgeon about that and follow your surgeon's instructions. Um, if you need help, you can always call the office and set up a virtual with me. Um, if you're in New Jersey, you can come in and see me. Pre-op for fat transfer to the breasts is a big thing. I know a lot of people, actually recently a lot of people have scheduled pre-op uh, virtuals with me as well as pre-op in-person consultations with me. So they can get ready for fat transfer to the breasts, like talking about garments, diet, which is a big one, finding someone to do your massages, taking the course, making sure you have your products, showing you how to use your products. That's a big one. Um, the other thing pre-op that most people don't talk about as far as fat transfer to the breasts is when you're speaking to your surgeon, making sure that you're being realistic about your expectations. And I talk about this a little bit in my fat transfer versus implant video. They will tell you, yeah, you know, like the upper cup procedure, right? Like the client I just had who was doing the upper cup procedure. Like, oh yeah, you know, it's, uh, you we're confident that, you know, you'll go up a breast size, blah, 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 blah. Guys, if you are someone that works out constantly and you're getting fat transfer done, like I rock climb, I would never get fat transfer to my breasts because my body would eat away at it within a year. Being realistic about your lifestyle and your expectations with fat transfer is extremely important. And that is something that your surgeon doesn't always go over with you and kind of breezes over. And they're like, oh yeah, it's fine. It'll be great. It'll, it'll look great. It'll last forever. It'll be awesome. That's something that I have a lot of pre-ops for is they're like, well, I don't know if I should do implants or fat transfer because this is, this is my lifestyle. This is what I do. And I'm not sure if it's going to hold. I'm not sure if it's going to take and all that stuff. That is something I have a lot of people that schedule with me for, um, for pre-op is to go over that. And then if we really decide we want to do fat transfer, like my client, we go, okay, well, here are the things that we need to make sure that are happening so that this stays in the long term, like over the course of the next couple of years, here's what we need to be aware of to make sure that we're protecting this fat transfer. Here are the things that we need to stay away from. Here are the things that we need to do during healing to make sure this stays and goes the way that we want it to. So it's, it's never not, it's never a no, it's a, how can we? So if you really decide that you want fat transfer, like for me, if I wanted a little extra volume up here, I would do fat transfer. It would be, a, okay, how can we not just, no, you can't do it. There's always a way. We just have to figure out what the safest and most realistic way is for us, right? So um, to wrap this up in a pretty little bow, I'm going to turn on the lights. Hold on. Okay. Sorry, guys. It got real dark out of nowhere and no one could see my face. Hello. Okay. So... To wrap it up in a nice pretty bow, when you are recovering from fat transfer to the breasts, the most important part is your liposuction area. The fat transfer is not to be touched. It stays in there. You use whatever garments your surgeon recommends. We want a garment that is going to support and hold the tissue while it heals, but not squeeze the fat transfer. Sometimes they will give you a surgical bra. Sometimes they will tell you to wear a sports bra. Sometimes they will tell you no bra. Follow your surgeon's instructions. The liposuction area is the area you need to pay attention to the most. Your fat transfer will heal within that six to eight week mark, but the liposuction, we want that to heal within six to eight weeks as well. So we need to make sure we're getting manual lymphatic drainage massages. We need to make sure that we're getting the products that we need, that we have the lipofoams, that we have a proper garment for the liposuction area, that it's not just a Spanx or a stretchy thing, but something that actually is containing your tissue while it heals. 
and that we're not developing any hardness in that area or fibrosis. Complications with fat transfer to the breast, necrosis and fibrosis. Necrosis is when there's not enough blood supply to the cells and they die in there. That is something you need to speak to your surgeon about. Fibrosis is when it gets very stiff and heavy and thick and gel-like. That's fibrosis. It's starting to harden and thicken. There's a bunch of things we can do for that. That's something you're gonna need to set up a virtual with me for. Um, if you need help with all of this, first and foremost, you need the course um, for healing from fat transfer as well because talking about the lymphatic system, talking about how swelling works, you guys need swelling in your breast augmentation area in order for that fat to heal. If you are making excessive swelling by the things that you're doing every day, trying to recover, following all these my journey thingies everywhere, doing all this craziness, if you're doing those things and creating excess swelling, that's how this gets hard and fibrotic. But that's also how this gets really heavy and uncomfortable and looks unnatural. It doesn't look like the fat transfer that we tried to get. So get the course. It's on our shop, our online shop, along with your products that I talked about in this video. The links are in the description box. They are also in the bio of our Instagram in the link in bio. Um, you need the course. You need foams, either two packs minimum or four packs if you're getting lipo 360 and have a bigger area so that you have one to wash, one to wear. You need the medical grade detergent. You need the soap. You need the post-op cream and you need the wound care. Those are what you need, your supplies um, and your garments, which of course you're going to get from your surgeon or if you need help with a garment, actual garment, like for your lipo area, that's something you can set up a virtual with me. Or you can come into our office in New Jersey. We have an office in Elizabeth. We have an office in Highland Park. Um, give the office a call to schedule with me, 732-841-0142, whether you're virtual or in New Jersey. Um... If you're setting up a virtual with me to help you find a manual lymphatic drainage therapist, just get the course, please. <laughs> because I am going to call several places for you and it's going to be great. And then you're going to get in there and it's going to be a different story than what they told me on the phone. And because you didn't get the course and you don't know what's supposed to be happening during your sessions and you don't know the knowledge that you're supposed to have as far as your lymphatic system and how the sequence is supposed to go and them not touching the fat transfer area, like what areas they should be working on to get those major lymph nodes to open so that you can pee the swelling out and actually get manual lymphatic drainage. I can't be with you in the room with a therapist. I can't, I can't do that. I can't be in there and be like, no, 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 don't use that heating pad. No, 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 don't touch the breasts. No, 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 don't touch that area of fat transfer. I can't do that. So before you schedule a virtual with me, please purchase the course because you are going to be spending 150 right now is what the course price is for four hours of content. And then you probably won't even need the virtual versus 45 minutes of a virtual with me for 145. So please just get the course first. And then if you still need specific help for a protocol for your surgery, fat transfer, lipo, whatever your surgery may be, then let's schedule a virtual so that we're already ahead of the game and you can make the most of your session with me. Um, Cause I have called places and found therapists for people and vetted them over the phone and then my client gets in the room and they're using oil cbd oil on incision sites or machines with heat that cause fibrosis immediately or rubbing the fat transfer area or putting suction cups on someone's like the the mechanical cupping on someone's bbl area like 
guys, the craziness that I have to deal with. Please, just advocate for yourselves. That is why I do all these videos and courses and all the things I do. Um, but the course is in our online shop. Your supplies are in our online shop. You can schedule a virtual with me if you need to. You can come into New Jersey and see me if you need to. This was a little bit about fat transfer breast augmentation. And I hope this was helpful, guys. Ashley with Amare. That's how you take care of your fat transfer. I will see you soon. Bye.